Hi, welcome to Love, Sex and Magic, the show for people who believe they can have it all and they know they deserve it. Relationships that are healthy and passionate, careers that are fulfilling and successful, and a life filled with meaning, purpose and magic. I'm your host, Melissa, and I'll be sitting down with some of the most knowledgeable, brilliant and inspiring minds in personal development, spirituality, love, sex and relationships for some incredibly inspiring conversations that will shake the foundations of your soul, wake you up and elevate your consciousness so you can live a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to Love, Sex and Magic. Today's guest is Rebecca Campbell. Rebecca is the best-selling author of Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister Rise. She helps people connect to the calling of their soul. On today's episode, we talk all about listening to that gut feeling, that inner knowing and how you can strengthen the bond between you and your soul. How you can start really trusting yourself and making decisions based on that knowing. We also talked about the rise of the divine feminine and how you can step out of the spiritual closet. All right, let's get started. Oh, Rebecca, it's so good to have you here. I feel strange calling you Rebecca, actually, because I usually call you back. <laughs> yeah, very, but... <laughs> very, very, very professional of you, I know. Melissa. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, for, thank you for joining me today. I've always felt like since you and I met, I've always kind of felt like you are a bit of a big sister for me within the Hay House family. I know that when you first got your deal for Light is the New Black, you were, I think, about six months ahead of me in the in the writing process or the editing process. So um, thank you. I just want to say thank you for all of your amazing work. Um, it's really touched me and so many people listening. And just thank you for you and all of your support that you've given me as well. Oh, thanks so much, Mel. Yeah, I I I remember when we first met and I remember um, connecting with you at Ignite that time and just being like, ooh, there's something about that, Mel. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just just great to, like, like, just see how much your work has just been unfolding and I'm I'm looking forward to all the stuff that's been coming through for your next book. It's... um, yeah, it's very exciting. And I think that like I've obviously spoken at your self-love summit and just think that event is just such an amazing event. And so I feel I've always loved meeting your community there as well. So yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, and they all absolutely adore you. And you're so right, the self-love summit is amazing. And your talk that you gave at our not last event but the one before was incredible really touched so many people there um so I want to first talk about your first book light is the new black which is an absolute work of art and I actually read that at a time in my life where I was having to make a really difficult decision that was going to change the rest of my life and it turned out to be the best decision that I one of the best decisions that I ever made which was actually to leave my marriage this is five five years ago yeah five years ago and was it longer than that I don't I think it was five years ago (laughs) but um I when I read that book it really it really helped me to really pay attention to the inner knowings of my soul and the inner nudges and the wisdom that was already within me but that I was not trusting and so 
I found it to be such a powerful book for that. And I feel like so many people listening will, will have had a similar experience. So I'd love to hear from you. Like, have you always felt tapped into that part of you, your soul, your intuition, or did you have to learn? Were you, was there a time when you were completely disconnected from, from your soul? I think, um, the answer is both. <laughs> I think that I've always been connected to what I would call that niggle, that that whisper, um, and it took me fully studying intuition to basically not let myself um, talk myself out of it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think from, from a young age um, I had always been fascinated by the connection of the soul intuition and all of that um abnormally so I'd say um and I genuinely believe that we are all connected to it too so perhaps I was just more fascinated perhaps I had a couple of experience that experiences that woke me up to it perhaps my actual path of like helping people connect to their soul meant that I connected to it more consciously earlier um, but I genuinely believe that we are all connected to what I call that whisper. Um, and I believe our soul is always calling us every moment of every day. Um, the difference between someone who is living a soul-led life versus not living a soul-led life is the people who are living a soul-led life are actually acting on that whisper. They're courageous enough to be like oh shit and it's not always oh shit sometimes it's oh yay but often <laughs> when we find ourselves you know we're cyclic beings we are nature um the thing about nature nature's teaching us how to be cyclic beings constantly through all the seasons um and change is really difficult i struggle with change all the time i don't know anyone who doesn't um and it's through changing that we're able to release those things that once served us that maybe don't anymore and step into who even more of who we're becoming um and that's why it takes courage so yeah, yeah. and I think it's so interesting I remember when you reached out when you read light is a new black and all of the changes that you were going through and um I just want to say like often that book does um, because it really is focused on soul callings. Um, it, it can create extreme change and it doesn't have to break up your marriage. So don't be too scared. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good, good point. It can cause uh, breakups, can cause big life change, but doesn't can have cause. to mean that at all. <laughs> exactly. It could just cause you to, do a daily spiritual practice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> depending on you and your life situation. I think depending on like how much you've been ignoring the calling of your soul, right? Yeah, and, and what phase of life you're in as well, you know, um, and, and, and what your individual path is. Like, Mel, you've got like a, a great leaping path and you're someone who hurdles yourself so fully into into everything you do and so 
Um, I'm not surprised that you have big changes and like, look at like the changes that you're looking at now. Um, that's your path. There's other people whose path, um, is more steady as well. One's not better or worse, but, um, yeah. And it's all relative as well. So some, so a, a big change for you might not feel like a big change for someone else. Whereas the exact same change for them might feel like a huge stretch for you. So it's all relative and we're constantly in this state of um, loosening our grip, letting go and welcoming. When, whatever we, whenever we let go of something, and we've all experienced this from like, you know, when you do a bit of um, spring cleaning or what's it called, Maria Conde. Maria Conde, yeah. <laughs> um, you can feel that when you release something that, that, that you know, it's not quite – in alignment anymore it was nothing wrong with that thing but it's time to let that go now and it can feel scary even if it is your favorite pair of shoes that have holes in them (laughs) but the moment you let it go you feel lighter and there's more space and you don't have to fill that space up but then what is my, my experience of when we release these things that are no longer in alignment um what happens is we free up the energy so that we can move in to that, that flow state with the universe. Again, if you look at nature, it's, it's constantly showing us. It's like the leaves are falling. You go into winter. If you give yourself a winter and you don't pry open the buds, then they will in their own time come up. And we all move at our own pace as well. And so I think comparison is, a core thing when it comes to trusting our own timing you know um if you look at the flowers i flowers are my number one teacher i would say um i've got here my favorite flower which is the peony which is only out for maybe sometimes two months of a year sometimes it's only out for a couple of weeks it's just started to bloom they're just starting to bloom in my garden but all the other flowers in my garden, they've been looking amazing and blooming for some of the months now. Um, so it's like I think reminding ourselves of that we've all got our perfect timing and to really trust that timing, trust our own seasons. It's so important. I love that. And I think you're so right about when you let go of things, it, you get into this flow state with the universe. And I, that's completely how it feels for me. Things, I remove things and it's almost like obstacles that were blocking the path are, are, are out of the way. And now I have a straight path. How would you describe like the difference for people that are maybe thinking, well, how do I know that it's my soul calling me? How do I know it's not just fear or it's not just the voice of my mother or my father or some something else, some other source? How do I know? How can I tell the difference? So it's it tends to be, um, it's a very personal thing, but I can give some like clues, right? So a clue is um, the soul versus the mind or the ego or yeah other people who have influenced us um the soul is way more subtle and by that i mean it's it's gentler and it's also more constant and ever like unchanging right so the voice of our mind or ego or these other voices 
always have some sort of ulterior motive. So they're trying to get something, they're trying to manipulate, they're trying to force, they're trying to push, they're trying to, you know, there's a, there's a kind of like a spiral or a pushing type or jagged type energy to it. Whereas the soul, it can be strong. And the other, another word for the soul is intuition as well. It can be strong, um, but it tends to be subtle. Another clue of your intuition is often it doesn't make sense. So, and this is why it's challenging to get into the habit of it. It really is like Mm. building a muscle because um, your mind will think of things that make sense and that are probably fear-based or ulterior motive-based. Nothing wrong with it. Like it's not saying that this part of us is bad. No, of course not. And... It takes a lot more leaping to follow the voice of the soul. Often the voice of the soul and our intuition um, will save us time in the long run. Um, And I liken it to, you know, one of my favorite movies growing up as a girl was The Wizard of Oz. Did you watch that, Mel? Yeah. Yeah. Dorothy, follow the yellow brick road, one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other, and the road begins to appear Now, if she waited for the whole road and the end destination and, oh, yeah, what a surprise, she was home all along. Um, If she waited for that whole journey to be done, she wouldn't have taken a step at all. And all of the things that she found out and experienced along the way as well. So it really is like, and this is why, um, so in my work I talk about the four steps to living a soul-led life. So the first one is all about connecting. So it's essentially some form of spiritual practice, spending genuine time with your soul. I don't think that we need to spend hours and hours each day. Ten minutes is fine. Um, Make it bite-sized, make it doable. Um, Some kind of ritualistic practice to it is great. Um, So same time of day roughly if possible is really good because we build the muscle. So that's just like any kind of relationship. Um, So the more time you spend with another person, for example, the more time you invest in it, the more you can like hear their voice in a crowd, right? The more time you hear their voice. So that's the same as the voice of your soul. So showing up, right? Um, The the second step is I, I call it soul inquiry. And so this is really about like listening to what your soul is saying. So it could be a, I do a soul inquiry prompt, which could be, what's my soul calling me to do? Something like that. You could have a question if there's a particular one. But again, I like, I use the same question all the time. And then the third step is action, guided action. So, you know, my teachers taught me that intuition and creativity, actually like ideas are pointless unless you act on them. Um, if you just continually hear the intuition and, or you've got a creative idea and you don't put any energy into it, it's just, it stays up in the ethers. And this is the kind of like really airy fairy state that, you know, where we're on a spiritual path, like a lot of people have reputations for, right? Just being up here in the ethers. We've got to ground the experience. And so that's why I say the the prompt for 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 me and what I teach is what's the baby step that you can take in that direction. So let's say that today, if I was to tune in, what's my soul calling me to do? Um, 
create more space in my life. Let's say it's that, right? Create more space. Now that is, you, that could be quite vague. It, I mean, it's a, it's a way of living. Great. But how can I put that into action today? Well, um, I could give myself a proper cutoff point at the end of my day where I'm going to go home and spend time with my son outside in the garden while the sun's out. Such a tiny little thing. And then tomorrow, same thing, there'll be another and then there'll be another and then there'll be another. And, you know, like as an example, one thing that I have been doing um, uh, while I'm feeding him during, during the night, he's seven months old, um, at first I was kind of like, you know, when you've got a, a newborn, I suppose he's not quite newborn now, but you've got a baby, it's harder to fit your spiritual practice in. I'm still doing it, but it's harder. Oh my God. I hear you, all the mums out there. You understand. Um, and so what I've been doing is instead of when I've been feeding him, instead of, um, kind of falling asleep because I'm so tired or instead of, um, checking my phone or whatever, what I've been doing is putting on a particular, um, it's like a, a particular sound on my phone that I use in my chanting and then beginning to sing to him and letting just whatever songs come. And the thing with a child, which is wonderful, is that it doesn't matter what you sound like, it doesn't matter, um, you know, you just, you're doing it for him. And so you're more open and you can let it come. So that's another example of creating more space instead of trying to kind of multitask all the time. So, and there's so many different ones like that. Mm. So yeah, action, I think is just so important. Um, and when it comes to hearing the voice of your intuition, it takes practice. So it's, it's, it, you know, the part of us that, is trying to like get it right all the time doesn't have to you don't have to get it right um a way of um checking in with your body and this my teacher Sonia Choquette she taught me all through my 20s she taught me with your intuition that that to voice it out loud so you could say like my soul or my intuition or whatever you call it um, is calling me to or um, wants me to know that or whatever dialogue you want to have and say it out loud because often we carry these thoughts around with us and particularly if we're trying to work out is this my head or is this my intuition and you know it's like sometimes you'll be in conversation even and you'll say something to someone which you've been carrying and you really thought it was true and then you say it and you're like that doesn't feel right at all and there's like a freeing to it, you know, so you can test it out. So look at it like you're playing with things. And if you've got a good girlfriend, you can do it with them, husband, mm. boyfriend, mom, sister, brother, whatever. Just like play with it and voice it and you'll be able to see does that feel true or does it not quite feel true? Yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful, you know, and, and Rick and I do that as well. Like when, when we have a decision to make, we'll say, well, what does your intuition say? And what does my intuition say? And we'll, we'll voice that. And if we find that really, really helpful. I think so many people really need um, help in actually trusting that voice. You know, I think we can acknowledge it, but then to actually act on it for people is a really scary 
um, a really scary thing, especially if it doesn't seem to make any sense or it goes against mm -hmm. what the status quo is or it goes against what uh, the people around them are, are saying that they that they should do. It's and true, true. And I think that's why the baby step is so helpful because let's say um, if I use myself as an example, many years, for many, many years, I kind of knew what my soul was calling me to do when it was this work that I'm doing now, writing books, etc. But I had a career in a whole different industry, really successful one. And I had a lot to lose in mm -hmm. trade of following my soul calling. Now, if I was to wait until I was completely ready to follow my soul calling before I even potentially gave it the light of day, there's no way I would have done it. Whereas if I was like, well, I think my soul calling is to, well, my soul's calling me to, meanwhile, my soul is always calling. It's not like a one-time answer. It's calling me to maybe write a book. Ooh, that feels so freaking big. What's a little thing I can take in that direction? Well, I could do a course on a topic that I'm interested in, or I could um, start an Instagram account and I'm going to do a post a week. You start there and by the end of a year, if you've done one little thing in that direction, um, by the end of the year, you would have done over 350 things. So mm -hmm. something built. Um, so yeah, try not to, if, if you're kind of like feeling a bit overwhelmed because the big thing that you're hearing is like whopping and it's like, oh, this is going to affect everything. Start really, really small, but do it regularly. Repetition is key. Mm, that's really good advice. What, what about for people that are thinking like my, my soul is telling me to like literally quit my job or literally break up with my partner um, and maybe they don't have this practice of like small daily, you know, practice using that muscle. Mm -hmm. I invite you to start it now. Start it now. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the thing about intuition is you can continue to ask for information. So, and you can live the question rather than asking the question for a black and white answer. Um, you know, I think that if, if you are receiving a big, scary answer, um, it's so personal, but if I use myself as I think story really helps in this context. And so when I knew I needed to quit my job, I didn't walk into work the very next day and quit it. Um, not saying that there's anything wrong with that. If you're being called to do that and your your mm. situation allows it, go for it. For me, what I did was I planned my escape route <laughs> very yeah. methodically over a decent period of time. So um, in order to quit my job, I needed personally, I needed to work out how I was going to make rent without that job. So mm. this is... Again, it's like the um, it's heaven and earth together. It's not just um, taking this guidance and then just like trusting that life is going to catch us. And I do believe that it will, but grounding it in action, grounding mm -hmm. it in action, um, so that and because I think that that for 
in in some instances um when we're overly spiritual and we're not grounding it in it's it's hard to make these changes in our life so um i think if you're receiving big um big guidance find someone in your life who you can share it with who um will be able to hold that vision with you and maybe you can and and if you don't have that person you can do it through journaling as well um develop that relationship with your soul (laughs) um and and continue to ask the questions right and if it's a person invite the person tell the person what you need from them because I know what it's like when you're being called to make big changes. The easiest thing to do, what we desperately want, is someone else to tell us what to do. But that is never the answer, right? So when I knew I needed to quit my job, I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell uh, a lot of my close friends because what often happens is that they'll obviously run it through their own value system right my parents are amazing and like biggest supporters of my work and um very different from me you know and always just like trying to look out for me and worry about me and all of that and then if I have other friends again they're gonna run it through their value systems of money their value systems of safety and support etc and so finding someone who can hold the vision while you step towards it is important. Um, when I quit my job, I um, I had what I call an elevator pitch, meaning the people who were in my current industry, which I was leaving, I certainly did not tell them that I was leaving to do soul readings, etc. No, I was a creative. I had a writer's background. So what I said to them, I kind of managed the message by saying to them, no, I'm in a, a unique uh, point in my life where at, at that stage, I'm like, I don't have family and kids and all of that. And I've always had this dream to write a book. And I just feel like if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to give myself six months to write a book. So it wasn't this like severing of like, I am leaving this career forever, even though in my heart I knew that to be true, but I didn't burn my bridges, you know, and I didn't, but more so I, I, in, in, in framing my message in a way that people could hear it, what happened was actually instead of them going like, oh my gosh, are you crazy? But blah, blah, blah. They were then like, oh, I've always wanted to write a book or I've always wanted to do this. And it actually turned into a story about them rather than their worries about me. Do you know what I mean? So I think all of these things can really help. So that's a tool you can take, like an elevator pitch, you know. Same thing. Um, when I told my parents, um, I um, I tailored the message slightly and I waited until I actually had a plan. So I wasn't in defense and I wasn't being reactive to, um, you know, their best interests in me. Same thing happened recently. I had a home birth for my, my son. Um, and in Australia, home births aren't 
a normal occurrence. Um, in the UK, they're a little bit rare too, but they're way more common. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I delivered the information to my parents in a way that, because the moment you get defensive, it's me versus you. Yeah. I think that's such such valuable advice and especially what you shared about, you know, not letting your intuition become clouded by other people's filters of what their experiences are. And I find that to be really helpful, especially with relationships for anyone that's going right. through relationship challenges, because your single girlfriends are going to say probably something different to the ones that are in that are married or in long-term relationships and people that know your partner versus people that don't know your partner they're all going to have very different opinions on what you should and shouldn't do through their lens and so um definitely for me when I've been through breakups I I share with very very few people because I don't want my knowing and my intuition to get swayed um but I think when you're disconnected from your intuition or when you're not when you've not practiced listen listening to it it's very tempting to listen to what your friend says to do or what what your mom says to do and absolutely it's human nature because like ultimately then we're not responsible that is big that's really big because it's scary when we take our own responsibility and it is the most liberating thing you'll ever do Mm. have you ever made a decision based on intuition and it's led you down a path that wasn't for you or has it always been like yes Mm. it's always it's always ended up as like this was this was what was meant to happen um Gosh, you know, there have been instances or situations where it it definitely hasn't worked out the way I thought it would, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it always comes around. Like I'm thinking of um, like I live in Glastonbury now. I did not expect that to happen. the path to lead me there was very unexpected definitely not on the time frame that I would have liked it to like most people I want my soul callings answered immediately (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've also had kind of like initiations like spiritual experiences which I think have um triggered some experiences in my life that um have felt very uncomfortable, but they've been the best teachers ever. So I can't think of anything where my intuition wasn't ultimately right. I mean, Mm. I might've liked it to turn out differently, but it'd be a very different person. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) I completely, I completely agree. (laughs) You know, I think like for me, A couple of years ago, I had this feeling that I had to go back into acting. And so I started taking classes again Mm -hmm. and I kept going on that journey. And I was almost like I had this like inner battle between the part of me that wanted to do that and the part of me that was like, um, no, this path that you're on is the right path. And the more it was like the more I did, the more I did the acting um, because for those of you listening that have only recently started following me, that was my first career before I before I started doing this. Um, 
the more I did it, I thought, okay, I'm just going to keep going with it and it will become clear. And I was expecting the more I did it, the more great it was going to feel. But actually, the more I did it, the more I felt this inner conflict. And I noticed that the the more I leaned into that that side of me going back into the acting world, I actually didn't feel expansive. I felt quite contracted and I felt quite, um, quite, um, yeah, just muddled and this conflict. And I, and I said, okay, I followed my, what I thought was my intuition on this and I pursued it and it was, it's been really healing for me, but how would it feel for me to actually lay this to rest now and let go of it and I wasn't sure what that was going to lead to but when I did start to practice letting go of it not go to as many classes start to lean away from it I felt expansive again I felt light again I felt free again and so when I look back at that time I think I trusted my intuition but it was leading me through a journey of healing that I had to do like it was helping me create a full circle and create closure on a on a chapter of my life so even though it wasn't like necessarily my destiny to do that it was an incredibly healing time for me and a real good practice for me to keep listening I love that Mel and I think like it's such a beautiful example of the soul always calling and always leading and it not being this like this is the answer because it, there's never the end of the journey you know yeah um and like you know if you look at the work you're doing now it, it's it's so much broader and more expansive and more also more pointed than you were doing prior to that whole and, and I, I feel the truth in what you said around um, like a full circle and a recircling back. Like there was definitely like a release of some acknowledgement of, of who you were and who you are, mm-hmm. healing um, and like freeing the little girl as well as, yeah, there's definitely yeah. some liberation in there as well. And I think also like, like as someone who is, who's kind of bowed down to the potential of you being used as a vessel as well, um, perhaps there was part of that in there as well. Like other people who um, were being called to go back to their artistry as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's never like black or white, do this, do that. I mean, often it's like this weaving of a tapestry, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing. So mm-hmm. I'd love to, I'd love to talk now a little bit about your uh, latest book, Rise, Sister, Rise. Um, another absolutely such powerful, poignant book um, that really uh, has moved and affected so many people in such a such a positive way. I'd love if you could share a little bit more about the divine feminine rising up within all of us. Why, why is this so important for now? Hmm. Well, this era that we happen to live in, and my belief is that we chose to be here now, um, 
There is no question about it, particularly the past couple of years. The feminine, the sacred feminine is rising big time. Now, this isn't a matter of the feminine rising over the masculine or anything. Of course, the feminine exists in all of us. But this era of the feminine rising, the reason the feminine's rising is because she's been pushed down and relatively in in in, in comparison to the masculine, um, more dormant, more suppressed, right? And and this isn't just like something that's happened in our lifetimes. It's like thousands and thousands of years that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um and so, you know, at this period of history that we are in where you know, so many of us um, are feeling ungrounded, are feeling um, unsafe or questioning the future of the planet. There's no question. There's like, of course we're feeling like that. I think it's very normal to feel like that when the earth is in the state as it is. It's my belief that the earth is the mother. She's a representation of the sacred feminine, particularly in the West where we happen to live. Um, There has been such a severing in the feminine and not just in the West, but that's where we find ourselves. Um, There has been these practices, colonialism that have been happening, severing from the earth, the... um, the persecution of so many different people, but in particular in our context, the wise women. Um, If you look at the way that um, pregnant women, the elderly, even babies, the way that babies are born into the world, it says a lot about our society. And Mm -hmm. I believe that the ancient wisdom that exists within all of us and particularly within the feminine, has been disrespected. And Mm. that is, I believe, what is rising within all of us. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. And And I feel as though a lot of it has been kept from us as well. Like a lot of this history we'd never learned about, you know, as a woman. I had to teach myself what patriarchy was, what feminism was, what the divine feminine meant, because I didn't, I'd never heard these terms before. You know, as far as I was concerned, I didn't see, I I thought feminism was um, angry women who, who hate men. I thought that the rising of the feminine was the same thing as feminism. And I didn't, I, this is all something that's, to be honest, fairly, fairly new, like last three or four years for me. Do you have any advice for women that are kind of starting to wake up to, to this, um, to this in their lives at the moment and realize, wow, the feminine really has been suppressed. So, um, I think, it is very normal and I've observed it in many people, including myself, to feel different emotions as a result of it. Because what we're really doing is we're realizing this individually and then also collectively and then also ancestrally on top of that. And so um, you may find that you feel angry, that you feel um, ashamed even. Um, you may find all different things come up um 
my invitation would be to observe all of those things and try not to react too much. It's like when you have your first spiritual awakening, I liken it to like the first time you have sex or an orgasm and we're just like, oh my God, I am having the best sex ever. And like, and you're like, you can't possibly have experienced this. That tends to happen when we have our first awakening. And I, I mm. see it happening a lot with the, with the, when the feminine, when the, the patriarchy. So my invitation is to try not to process all that stuff as publicly as you might want to <laughs> have yeah. your group of people in order to do that. Um, because there's so many parts to it. Um, and there's so many complex emotions that rise up as well. Mm. Um, to, to realize that, that we are, all processing it and there is um because i think that the the invitation particularly if you're a woman in a western world um there's a there's a um uh, a concept known as privilege as well um because mm -hmm. there's a lot of women in other countries who have had it way 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 harsher and that's complex stuff for us to process as well and so the more we can educate ourselves um again it comes back to this like grounded action um the better and it is such a huge 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 topic um mm -hmm. you know a, a real basic um when, when you're working with the feminine as well it's like working with the earth where you live is working with the feminine working with your intuition is working with the feminine helping women who aren't as privileged as you is working with the feminine. It's limitless what we can what we can do to work with the mm. feminine. But it's a huge container that once we step into it, it's 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 huge. <laughs> I'm sure you've experienced that now. Oh, absolutely. It is it is unlimited. And yeah, I think for me there was a there was a lot of confusion and a lot of um, anger, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And so that that's definitely a part of it that that I think we have to move through and and be kind to right. ourselves but it's something that I know that you're really passionate about same as me is is getting into nature and really connecting with connecting with the earth connecting with flowers connecting with plants and and nature herself and that's accessible mm -hmm. for for everyone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh Beck this has just been such a magic conversation I just I just love you and all of your work what do you have exciting that's that's coming up for you? I know you just recently became a mother, but um, what's new and exciting uh, aside from that? Um, so I'd say I'm writing my third book. It's called Returning, um, Weaving the Soul Back into Everyday Life. So that's definitely taking up a lot of my my space right now. Um, and, yeah, I guess this this interesting time we're in, at recording, we're, we're in lockdown, Um and so, yeah, there's been more space for that, really. Mm. Um, I've been doing a lot more um, online offerings, a lot more mm. um, space holding in my membership as well. Um, so, yeah, it's um, the slowed down pace <laughs> yeah. has kind of meant that, um, and I'm sure you're the same, Mel, yeah, that that there there is more of an invitation to, slow down and deepen into the devotion yeah 
which which is another way to connect with the feminine as well oh yeah <laughs> oh amazing I love the sound of your uh, your new book you changed the title since we last chatted about it yeah this book has had many different titles yeah it is it's definitely the feminine process my writing process that's for sure and this one more than anything it's just kind of shape-shifting constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's like each each time a new section comes in I think that's the title but yeah mm. now, that's cool now. <laughs> oh well Beck, I love to uh, ask my guests the same questions just to, to yeah. wrap it up um for love sex and magic so what is one thing that you are loving right now mm. My garden, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, planted so many different roses and um, flowers in there last year, and and um, yeah, like as nature goes, it's I didn't see the instant results, but now they're just kind of boom, kind of coming through. It's bringing me a lot of joy. Mm, love that. I always I always associate you with flowers. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, okay, so next, what is one thing that turns you on? So it could be like a quality in a person or a certain experience, certain flavor. Something about like um, like steadiness and groundedness, like being mm-hmm. kind of unflappable, unfla- like holding ground. Yeah, <laughs> really okay. Cool. I love that. Like a steady earth, grounded yeah. person. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when was the last time you experienced magic? Yesterday I saw, um, you know, watching my son grow is like watching nature grow, it feels like. And within, it was literally within seconds, all of a sudden he was moving across the floor like, like a little commando, like from not being able to kind of, maneuver himself he could just all of a sudden do it wow that is that is truly magic well Beck this has been wonderful where can everyone come and hang out with you online uh head over to rebeccacampbell.me um and yeah or or um instagram i'm rebecca thoughts so yeah beautiful thank you so much Beck. this has been wonderful thanks everyone Hey guys, hope you loved that episode. If you did, hit subscribe and it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review that will help other listeners find this podcast. And if you want to go deeper with our podcast guests and you are looking to go deeper into your spiritual and personal development, I really recommend you check out the Goddess Collective, which is our membership, because in there you get to actually ask each podcast guest your specific questions and have them answered. So check that out. It's in the show notes and I'll see you next week.